0: Hi, I'm Isabella. And I'm Jeff. We're two Asian Australians who want to explore what it means to be Asian in the West.
1: And you're listening to As I Am.
0: 2020 I have a question for you Jeff what has been this is not pre-prepared as well so I'm gonna put him on the spot but what has been your biggest takeaway from 2020
1: biggest takeaway from 2020 I think my biggest takeaway is and I think it's just been an extension of something that I have always believed in is that there's always a silver lining Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And when things are dire and when things seem bottomless and it's just doom and gloom nonstop, I think it's 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 really important to sort of look for the, for the good points. Mm. And I think we keep saying this has been a terrible, terrible year, but I think so much good has come out of it. There's, there's been so many side hustles and everyone's found a new hobby and yeah. you've had time mm. to reflect and you've had time to ponder about things. So I think... If, if nothing else, 2020 has been a reminder that there's always going to be a silver lining to things oh. and it's just about shaping your perspective and um, I guess for us, we've had a lot of time to start this podcast and that's what today's going to be about. It's going to be about um, the year that has been. Mm. Obviously, we're going to talk about the highs and the lows and all that sort of stuff. But it's also just a way to round out and just to say thank you to everyone for for tuning in this year. It's been oh, such a god. fun and yeah. humbling experience. And Absolutely. yeah what what's your what's your key takeaway?
0: Oh my god, I didn't prepare for this as well. Yeah, I so it, now you know answer. how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 2020 has been sobering. I feel mm. like. I mean, I guess to echo what you said about the silver lining, I feel like it's remarkable how quickly like humans adapt to things. Mm. Like, isn't it crazy that we've got a vaccine? I mean, granted, don't know like how it's going in terms of like efficacy. Glad I'm not the first
1: person taking it. No,
0: definitely (laughs) very, very glad. But, you know, the world was on the brink of this unknown virus and here we are less than a year like it's been less than a year that it's taken to develop a vaccine which normally would ordinarily take what like 10 years so I, I just think it's remarkable to reflect and just see how much the world i mean you know how 2020 brought so many challenges that no one was prepared for um and it's just changed how we lived and how we connect with each other but even more than that you know you have things like black lives matter and you have very sobering things like this racial reckoning that I think so many people have felt around the world um, that just highlights the work we still have left yet to do. So, yes, like in many ways, like you said, Jeff, 2020 has objectively been horrific. You know, needless to say, so many lives have been lost by COVID. Um, so, you know, we're in a recession um, and things aren't looking great. If you're thinking of things like climate change. But at the same time, I feel like, like I said, like it's revealed like how adaptable we are. And I think mm. perhaps twenty twenty was just what we needed, like to sober up. Um but yeah, I guess personally though, it's been like a good year for me. I mean, I think just this podcast, if I'm specifically referring to something like this, like I think I've tapped into something where I feel like I've like it's I don't wanna say it was like serendipitous, but I feel like it's mm. led to this moment. Like all of this like past internalized racism that I've experienced and I'm assuming for you too. And I don't know, it it just felt like the right moment to start something like as I am.
1: So we kind of started in March, which was when COVID was really starting to pick up. And one of the things Isabella and I really didn't want to do was to have a COVID episode Mm. because that was everywhere. It was saturated in the news and every single day it was just news about COVID and we didn't, want to, we didn't want to contribute to the pool that was already out there. We didn't want to send out any more negative vibes, essentially, <laughs> uh, <laughs> through, through an episode. And But we still feel like it's an incredibly important thing to talk about this year. Yeah. And so I guess now we're, we're fortunate enough in Australia and in Melbourne to be relatively COVID-free right now. So we feel that we want to address the topic and talk about some of the things that uh, we've noticed and really experienced throughout the year. So I think the first thing I want to talk about was masks. Mm. I hated wearing masks.
0: Oh my god, really?
1: Yeah, especially in the beginning. Mm. And the reason was... It was before it was mandated by Dan Andrews. And the reason was I just didn't want people to stare.
0: Mm.
1: And it was that period of time when there was... People were just conflating coronavirus with Chinese people. And... Yeah from a lot of Westerners' perspective, they didn't understand that Asian people wore masks as a preventative issue, like a preventative measure mm-hmm. versus that they actually had the disease. And I think it was it, it was tough at the start of the year because you felt like, oh, you know, people are really accepting now and it's we're living in a much more open world and, you know, we just uh, were on the brink of, you know, all these Black Lives Matter conversations and it, yeah, it kind of just vanished like straight away. You know, I had to, I had to wear a mask to go do a blood test earlier in the year. And just the amount of looks mm. that I got was just like, yeah. it, it just made, it just made me realize that it's still out there. Like the racism is still everywhere and yeah. it was, it was shit and I didn't want to wear it. And then what, five months later or four months later, when it was mandated, everyone was wearing them and it was like yeah. nothing had ever happened.
0: Yeah. And this yeah. like
1: quick pivot was just something that like really ticks me off and I know, Really should have been wearing masks as early as I could have been, but for me, it just it just wasn't something that I wanted to do.
0: No, that's so fair enough because I feel like you know in the pre-COVID world, like wearing a mask like was like a super weird thing to do. Like I mm. feel like even if you were like on public transport or just like somewhere in public, if you wore a mask, like people you would get looks right, and I feel mm. like it's especially conflated when you are Asian as well. Um, and I feel like at this point, you know, like I'm thinking back to that time where there was so much uncertainty and you had all these incidents of like, you know, like violent attacks on like Asian people and mm. Chinese people in particular, um, because they were thought to be like carrying st- this, this virus. So I completely understand why you would feel hesitant to wear it. But to be honest, I kind of love how it's been normalized now, because it's kind of gross how much we didn't wear it. Like, can you imagine mm. flu season again? I'm only wearing that mask 24-7 and I, I don't know, I feel like it, it, it's it's liberating almost to an extent to be able to get to a point now where you can wear the mask for your own purposes and not be judged by it and not feel judged by it, even mm. though like I guess it's not the best thing to you need, need, need validation from people, but you know what I mean? Like it's just not feeling like it's a stigmatized thing to do anymore.
1: Mm. No, I agree. I think, it, I think it's very funny when like, you go out with friends and then you see like a big group of like white people and they're just all wearing masks that is that is a that is a funny thing that i never thought i would see in my life like ever
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, so no i do agree it hasn't normalized it and i think that it's great that it's going to be used as a public health measure and maybe yeah. people start adopting it even with like yeah as simple things as like flu season and going forward i think it's a it's a good measure to have and, and it works and it's great that the the stigma has like completely been removed and it's adopted by westerners and yeah information countries
0: and I just feel like it's just polite as well, just knowing that, like, if you're sick, like, the polite mm. thing to do is to wear a mask. Mm. Um, and I feel like you do not know, really have this goose now, you know, considering we've lived in a moment where it's been mandated, like, suck it up, you know what I mean? And I feel mm. like, you know, if we can adopt, like, a cultural shift, like, you know, Japan, for example, where wearing a mask is considered, like, so normal, and it's like a, it's a part of the country's etiquette. I think that'd be a great thing moving yeah. forward.
1: No, for sure. For sure. I agree. That was pretty much all that I wanted to talk about COVID. I think we've heard enough about COVID this year. <laughs> and the whole masks thing was just something I felt like I needed to get off my chest. And I'd actually be really curious to hear from our listeners, like your perspectives on um, the whole mask scenario. Did you experience any, any racism when you were wearing masks during the early stages of COVID? Uh, would really love to hear and for you to share your experiences with us.
0: Wow. Mm. I mean, did you experience any forms of overt racism, do you think? I mean, beyond the looks. Yeah,
1: nothing nothing too bad. I wasn't God forbid, I've seen the stories of like old ladies getting yeah beat up in the streets. So nothing nothing bad like that, just getting stares. Yeah. It's just not a it's just not a comfortable thing to be yeah. stared at a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know exactly why they're staring at you.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. It's not a nice feeling to have. But you know that's enough. Hopefully for us, that is uh, maybe the last thing we'll talk about COVID-wise. I don't know, but I'm I'm sick of talking about it. I don't want to hear.
0: About oh my it god, that. me too. I feel like, but you know what though? I feel like COVID is a good like topic for small talk. I feel like it breaks the ice. You talk about like, oh, how's the, the new, new weather?
1: It's, exactly. <laughs>
0: how's working from home being? I feel like it's you know oh. it's it's good buffer for small talk. So maybe it that's is a good buffer
1: for small talk. a positive talk. thing. As yeah, well. just on that note though. I wish people were more open with small talk, the The realms of what small talk could be. I wish mm. it was a bit broader.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And obviously that's probably never going to be a reality, but I <laughs> don't want to ask you about the weather or what you did on the weekend. I want to know what hobbies you do. Where do you go out? What do you read? All this other stuff. Like, I want to know like about a, your
0: vulnerabilities. I want to know yeah, about your insecurities. I want to I don't
1: know about your trauma. So maybe we can share in it. <laughs>
0: No, I, I completely uh, agree I agree with that. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like another thing that I want to touch on, it, just in terms of this year, I feel like my standouts, or not my standouts, but I feel like for the world, right, like obviously COVID, but the second thing would obviously be Black Lives Matter and I think this mm-hmm. racial reckoning that we've all experienced and are experiencing. And I guess perhaps maybe the merits of policing too. I mean, maybe that's a different conversation, but I just feel like, I don't know about you, Jeff, but for the first time I felt as if like non-black people actually were able to experience empathy on this global scale for black communities and black people and black bodies. Mm. And it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things where like, why has it taken this long? Because, you know, like this movement and I guess this violence against black bodies has been happening for fucking centuries, you know? Mm. And it's crazy to think that like this realization and this moment where people realize that black lives matter like happened in 2020. Like, isn't that fucking wild? Yeah. But, but I think like that just echoes like my kind of sentiment for this year where it's been sobering. And I think um, it was quite moving and powerful, I think to have seen like such momentum and, to still see this momentum. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me too was just the importance of allyship because you realise that black people have been doing the work for so long. Mm. They've been talking about the importance of black lives for centuries and I feel like this is the first time where you really have seen white people come out and be like, yes, I've got work to do and yes, like I realised for the first time in my life that black people experience structural violence. Yeah, Yeah. for sure, for sure. That's positive, but at the same time, like I'm still so shocked that like it's taken this long. Mm. Um, But that being said, I don't want to say that I, I don't absolve myself and say that I haven't been complicit. I think personally for me it's also been a year for reflection and a mm. year to really kind of unpack, if I can say that, <laughs> um, my no. understandings of mm. black lives.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've had some great, great conversations this year uh, because of, the black lives matter movement and people just actually spending the time to read and understand and go beyond just the small posts that you're seeing on social media and actually reading into some of the history and some of the institutionalized racism that actually occurs and all over the world beyond just black people in America, but also Aboriginal people closer to home for us. And these conversations have been great. People have acknowledged their lack of understanding of the topic. They've, stated that I actually didn't realize this I think I I love that phrase I didn't realize this because it's just this you know the light bulb moment where oh oh shit like I've been ignoring this the whole time or whether that was subconscious or consciously and this realization that okay I need to educate myself a bit more I need to learn more about the issue I need to develop a point of view on the issue versus just sweeping it under the rug and saying oh you know I'm not a racist person so these conversations have been so good, and I've had them with people who I really didn't expect, Whoa. and that that's been a great thing. And the 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 thing I hope for the future is that the momentum continues. Obviously Whoa. now we're not as much as an isolation. There's maybe a bit less time to reflect, but my hope is that these thoughts and these messages and. All the events that have happened from this year actually have some sort of staying power and that this momentum can be carried forward and i do think that is the case i mean although the posts on instagram and maybe social media activism has dropped a little bit on a a broad scale but i think people are aware of these topics and they are aware of their own biases and they've taken measures to try and counter that And i think that's a really powerful thing especially i believe that it's happened on a much broader scale so I think I think mm. it's been good. I think it's been good. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: Oh, but I don't know, at the same time, like I feel like slacktivism is such a big thing. Like I wonder out of all the people who posted Wait, the what's black squares, slacktivism Have you heard of that?
1: No? That's a great word. <laughs>
0: Definitely not mine. I've, yeah, I've definitely seen it somewhere. Like, no, like that, yeah. you know, it's so easy to post something on social media and yeah, you know yeah. and call it a day. Yeah. And you know, my question to everyone who's posted a black square on Blackout Tuesday, like, are you still doing the work? You know, black mm. violence doesn't, racism doesn't end when you post a black square. Mm. So I, I think that is probably going to be the most difficult thing. I think That's for true. allies to continue the work as well, because the onus is not for solely like of course like i can't like that can't possibly work if the owners only falls on black mm. communities and black people yeah yeah so yeah sure. are you still doing the work that's a question that i want to probe and i think that you should always ask yourself and a question that i always ask myself too because i think you definitely do can for complacentness sometimes as well Yeah,
1: for sure definitely
0: i feel like these conversations are particularly more pertinent in asian communities and, you know, I mean, anti-blackness is something that I think Jeff and I really want to talk about at a later date. But I feel like broadly there has – there is. I, I don't think it's a lie to say that anti-blackness is very pervasive in Asian communities. Yeah. And this is a very – is that a taboo topic? I, I don't think it's taboo. I think it's just something that gets swept under the rug quite often. Yeah. These are conversations that one might have with their – older family members, and it's got to meet resistance, I think, just the understanding of why Black Lives Matter mm. and the importance of this moment in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the, the counter that I've always received is, oh, but, you know, we've, we've had a terrible history as well. We've been, for, for my Chinese parents, they always talk about the Japanese occupation. And it's this, like, comparison and the unwillingness to budge from this position. And it's just comparing, oh, but, like, we've had the same thing i just feel yeah. like there's a there's a tendency to compare all the time yeah but i feel like the topics are mutually exclusive you should acknowledge different issues separately they're not always gonna you can't always compare them with one another and then it's just mm. like oh we're, we're worse off this way we're worse off that way that gets you nowhere so that is that is a big episode and something that is going to be a difficult conversation yeah because it's um yeah it's, it's tough to have the conversations with your parents and then actually to acknowledge anti-Blackness on a broad scale um, is a tough topic, but we, we want to talk about it.
0: You know, I, I think what I'm really interested to see, though, is the impact of Black Lives Matter, like in 2020. Obviously, Black Lives Matter didn't start in 2020. This was a no. movement that was started years ago, and it only picked up momentum again after George Floyd's murder. And... I'm curious to see what will be the actual impacts of this on a institutional scale, because I feel like, you know, not long after all the protests erupted and everything happened, you know, you had so many corporations coming out being like, we're sorry, we'll do better. You you, Mm -hmm. you see the appointments of, you know, black people into executive positions. You see corporations like Band-Aid, you know, having like actual Band-Aids that reflect different skin types, which is what the? How did that only happen recently? It's a weird
1: thing. It's a real weird thing.
0: And like, you know, um, Crayola coming out with like different colors. Maybe that's (laughs) happened years ago. I don't know. But you know what I mean? I feel like there was actual change, maybe on a micro scale, but there was change. And I just wonder whether that will stick or whether or not that was just like a knee-jerk reaction to respond to something and like look good about it.
1: The internal risk team, which is like, shit, we're going to do something about this. (laughs) Let's make a position. Let's make a position. It's going to be the chief anti no chief uh pro-diversity officer or some or some shit like yeah. that i don't know rio tinto had one like that after they blew up the mine. um yeah so the, yeah. the heritage site yeah like they, I don't know, rio tinto has a chief uh, indigenous affairs officer oh my god and it's a it's a white person
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: and they're meant to be the authority <laughs> and advisor for indigenous species.
0: oh
1: yeah Yeah. so yeah i feel like i feel like so many times it's just this knee-jerk reaction and it's always funny to see what they end up doing but yeah i I think the a positive message and something i've seen at work is that a lot of the change is being also driven bottom up
0: Mm, junior mm
1: -hmm. people want to see change and junior people are the talent the future talent of companies so like companies have to listen Mm. You have to listen and I think that's a great thing. It has to be both top down and bottom up in terms of change Mm. and then hopefully when you meet in the middle, you've got actually a good combo. Mm.
0: I think what's really striking as well is that, you know, for such a long time, black people have been doing the work and you realise that, like, the impacts of this black work benefits everyone. Mm, And I think writing off this momentum of black lives mattering and, like, black voices also leads to momentum for other voices other diverse voices other voices from minority communities people of color and we're we are definitely the beneficiaries of that and i think that's the reason why the pod and as i am has been able to i think have this momentum too which is something that i'm so grateful for and something that i want to reflect on and just yeah like just this podcast has been i hate to say this but a blessing Yep. You know what? Let's take ownership of it. It's been a blessing. It's been. Um, I uh, I think we've said this before, but we didn't expect the pod to have had this level of reach and engagement, and we are genuinely so thankful every single day um, for any just any listener who like messages us. Um, like it means the world to us, and it really does. Yeah, and I mean, what's been your biggest learning from the podcast, good and bad?
1: I mean, we were we were chatting about this before we started, but the the conversation that takes place before you start recording Mm -hmm. and after you finish recording is usually better than what's in between so the actual episode i think it's the pressure i think it's like
0: a pressure (laughs) of us being on recording (laughs) i don't know
1: it's uh, (laughs) it's always funny because you 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 stop recording and then you reflect on the episode and then the reflection is actually better than the content and you just kick yourself because oh shit why do we keep recording so yeah. now that now when we start to have a conversation and it's like oh, okay this actually sounds pretty good let's just click record and we'll try fit it in later. Yeah. yeah. So that's been that's been a really big learning and trying to contain your thoughts and just be comfortable recording. I think uh, it it doesn't feel as nerve wracking anymore. I don't know about mm, you, Isabella, but I remember mm-hmm. that the earliest episodes I was always a little shaky. Uh, but it feels we we're, more... so were all so nervous in our first episode. <laughs> I was listening to it the other day, and oh no! I want to delete it. <laughs> no, is it cringeworthy?
0: I ca- I can't listen to it. Okay, I it's not it's not
1: cringe, it. but it's very clear that we're very uncomfortable from this <laughs> <laughs> from recording. But it's good. It's good to see you know where we started off and and um how we are now. But yeah. it just seeing the screen and seeing the the waves on the recording start to move, that just freaks you out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you get comfortable with all things. So that was yeah. probably the biggest learning. Uh, I'll throw it to you. What's one? What's one for you?
0: I think it's been able to find topics that I think are worth talking about. I mm. feel like when you have a podcast, the world is your oyster, and like there's so much to talk about. But I think being able to pinpoint things that are relevant and hopefully interesting has been like, challenging in some respects actually I feel like you know some topics were like oh okay like dating and like oh okay cultural appropriation like granted like they could be interesting but I don't know I I feel like it takes time to actually like sit down and research and think about what you want to say and structure as well um but that being said, I think it's also been amazing for us too to have had so many like amazing guests on, which has made mm. our work a lot easier. For sure, for um, sure. We just let them just, talk. <laughs> literally, by virtue of like how brilliant these people have been, and that's something I think we're really excited for. You know, moving forward, we are super excited to have even more collaborations on, but also want to make sure that we retain you know ownership as well of this podcast and still have our conversations as well. Um, But yeah, I think it's definitely been kind of like learning how to podcast and just like what episodes are we going to do? What are we going to record? What's going to be worthwhile and what's going to be like most impactful?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's striking that balance between topics that you know are going to hit, like dating. That was probably one of like most popular episodes because it's Mm. it's an interesting topic. You want it's kind of saucy. It's a little bit like... Mm. I don't know. It's, it's definitely not edgy. <laughs> <What's that laughs> word? It's, a, it's just a bit scandalous almost. Cause you're kind of listening into people's lives and balancing that with topics that you and I are genuinely really interested in something that's a bit more niche. And I think we're going to try find that balance next year. We've been sort of locking in our, our episode scheduling for next year. And so we're going to try to hit that balance, but we'd also, we'd also love your feedback. Um, we've actually use some of the ideas that you guys have given us so please keep sending those in Uh, they definitely Mm. help us and everyone's really offered some great great ideas and we really appreciate that because it does make our life easier Mm. one thing we didn't talk about was how hard introductions are
0: oh my god we i kid you not we i think we record at least like three three to five introductions on average before we actually like Get the flat one. It's so awkward. I I, I can't do it. it it's, it's really, really it's really difficult. It's
1: really awkward. And I'm so glad Isabella has <laughs> taken the lead on that and she starts our episodes because I would just be like <laughs> now I'm doing the I'm doing the thing at the end where it's like follow us. <laughs> I'm like those YouTubers that are like like, comment, and subscribe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got one last question though for you, Jeff. Who would be your dream guest next year?
1: David Chang oh my god yeah, i've loki i've loki just that's set this man. goal once we once we get david chang i can just retire from podcasting <laughs> i'll be i'll be so stoked and i just yeah i feel like if we we had him on he might just roast the shit out of us
0: no but i want like that. that
1: but yeah i would take it
0: that'd be a, that'd be a blessing
1: i would take it um <laughs> I would love, yeah, would love uh, uh, David Chang on. Maybe yeah. not a next year thing, maybe a 22 thing. I feel like we need a bit more traction. But uh, I guess we want to also look more locally. Mm. It's not always just about famous Asians around the world, but also focusing on people more local um, within the Australian community. So for us, that would probably be Adam Leal.
0: Mm. Also, another thing that I want to do next year as well, or I guess just moving forward, is just expand that you know the diversity of asian australian voices um yes
1: for sure for sure
0: i think we also would love to hear more and you know have more narratives and spotlight narratives that come from like let's say the indian australian community or the sri Lankan australian community um because i think you know we're obviously so cognizant that a lot of our guests so far majority have been from china or like southeast asia more broadly Mm. um which is obviously a fantastic thing but i do feel like we've talked before about how obviously Asia is not a monolith and there's so many different um, ethnicities that come within that. So I think we'd love to expand, you know, what we've had so far.
1: Who's your dream guest?
0: Oh, I feel like I actually find this question quite difficult because I feel like my dream guest depends on, like, what's happening in the world right now. Like, if it was, like, March, April, my dream guest would have been, like, Bong Joon-ho because he won Parasite and I want to, like, Dissect sure. his brain about that, sure. but now, hmm, I don't know how my dream guess is. I also want to reflect on how far we've come. Just like, I'm thinking back to our, like our old marketing techniques when it was just Jeff and I, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have a team. <laughs> and like, so what we do uh, is that like we love um, we love to just share, you know, interesting articles that we have read and like post our thoughts on it. But, like, prior to Jess, our wonderful, wonderful marketing lead, Gemini mean like used to do screenshots. Do screenshots of the articles and, like, highlight the most interesting points.
1: I didn't I even posted. highlight the things. I just posted, like, a, I would post screenshots of YouTube videos as well. So, it was, like, incredibly <laughs> low fi So, shout out to all the the, the OG followers that stuck by us through our very, very terrible marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm so so um... blessed
1: that I don't have to do marketing. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) I don't know how social media works.
0: Overall, though, we just wanted to say a huge thank you. I mean, to our OG followers, to our followers who have just joined on, to those who are still yet to come um we have been so grateful for your support for this year um yeah jeff and i really really do mean that we also want to emphasize that you know even though we are a podcast that does spotlight asian narratives in the west we don't want this community to be just full of asian australians and Mm -hmm. just asians in general i think the importance of allyship and having people also know our stories and our narratives is just as important if not more um, so we are super excited for the future and to see how far we can take this and how far um, this goes and we hope we hope that you come along with us as well.
1: Yeah, oh, I couldn't have said any better myself, to be honest, but uh, I think I'll just do a quick one. Uh, thank you so much for the support again. We hope you enjoy the rest of the year. We're going to take a short break for a couple of weeks just to recharge and plan and do all, the, all that sort of stuff, but start of 2021, we've got an amazing guest to start off the year and we're super, super excited to share that one with you. But until then, thank you so much and we'll catch you guys next year in 2021.
0: Bye.